0: Raise your hand if you have ever felt excluded or rejected, left behind, or left out of something. Just raise your hand if you've ever felt, yeah, all of us. Everybody at some point. It's, it's one of the worst feelings when you feel like you're on the outside looking in. And it's one thing to feel excluded from uh, a party or feel excluded from some of your friends or some of your family. But it's quite another thing to feel excluded from the church or excluded from those who claim to follow after God because what it gives you this sense of is that maybe, maybe God excludes or leaves me. Behind as well. It happens more than people realize. It's been happening among people who claim to follow God for a lot of years. And when Jesus, when he was interacting in his day and he saw these these religious people who claimed to follow God and they were being exclusive, he challenged their way of thinking. And because this goes on today, we need to challenge this way of thinking as well. Today is part two of this three-part series called Leave No One Behind. Leave No One Behind. Jesus taught his disciples this important principle on many occasions. Go after the one everyone is leaving behind and invite them into your life and invite them into the life of the kingdom. The theme of this series is that Jesus is always willing to go to great lengths to pursue the last and the least and the lost with the gospel. And he calls us to follow his example in the same way. He leaves no one behind, and, and so neither should should we. Last week, we read several different scriptures where we saw Jesus interacting and challenging this way of thinking and modeling a different way. We saw how the religious leaders wanted to leave children behind, and Jesus included them. We saw how the religious leaders wanted to to leave those with physical disabilities behind, and Jesus included them. We saw how the religious leaders wanted to leave those who who had a lot of sin in their lives behind. And Jesus included them. You see, the religious leaders of the day had a tendency to push people out and push people down. And Jesus instead brought people and welcomed people in and raised people up. It's a different way of thinking. If you've been around Grace, you've heard us say the following many times. We're a church that welcomes people of all backgrounds. Black, white, brown, married, single, divorced, living together, gay, straight, trans, addict, recovering addict, rich, poor, young, old, religious, atheist, and everyone in between because everyone in the world has brokenness and is in need of God's mercy in Christ. You see, the the, the church can have a tendency to, to, to push people out and push people down. And Jesus invited people in and raised people up That's what we need to learn how to do. And so, as we said last week, Jesus never left us behind. And so, how could we possibly leave anyone else behind? He never left me behind, He never left you behind and he doesn't want us to leave anyone behind as well. As we mentioned last week, the foundation of this series is in Luke chapter 15 where where Jesus gives three different successive parables, all communicating something very similar. The parable of lost sheep, the second, the lost coin, and the third, the lost son. We spent time looking at the lost sheep and we'll spend a few moments now looking at the lost coin. So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 15. And we'll look in particular uh this second of the three parables that Jesus gives. Luke chapter 15, and we'll begin at verse one. And it's important for you to understand the parable is given in a specific context. And the context is this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. There's the context. This man welcomes sinners. He, he, he welcomes people and raises them up. We're, we're, we actually want to exclude ourselves from those who aren't following God. There's the context. And in the context, he gives three stories. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who... Repents. So let's just think for a few moments about this woman who's searching for her lost coin. The assumption here is that she only has 10 and she's lost one of them. And instead of focusing on, well, at least I have my nine, she says, no, that one is so valuable. I have to search for it until I find that one. I do not want to leave any of these coins behind. Just like each of the hundred sheep in the previous parable are valuable, the focus is on going after the one. The concern for the lost coin is due to the value of each coin, it's not just the collection of the coins, it's the value of each individual coin. And one of them has been lost. And again, coming back to the context of the passage, targeting the religious leaders who had prejudices against all kinds of people. And the point Jesus is making here is that every single person is so valuable to God because he's the one who created every person. Jesus invites people in and raises people up. Society has a tendency to marginalize, push people out, and push people down. The passage says the woman searched carefully for the coin. Now that Greek word carefully is actually translated in in other translations as the word uh, diligently. And it connotes this, this idea of thoughtful and persistent attention it's like look i am i am not giving up whatever it takes i will go to whatever lengths to find that lost coin it's so valuable to me i am persistently and carefully and diligently going after that one this goes back to the biblical truth that god is not willing that any are lost that any perish, but all are willing to come to repentance. No one's left behind. It says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Why isn't he returning? Why isn't the end of time coming? He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God is patient with people. He desires them to repent and turn back to Him. Every single person has value before God because every single person is made in God's image. Every single solitary person is made in God's image and has value. No matter what their background, no matter what their experience challenges, what their level of brokenness is, what their level of dysfunction is, everyone matters to God and he loves everyone. And at the same time, every single person has gone astray. Every single person has brokenness and pain because we've all turned away. And we all need forgiveness in Christ. There are many different segments of society. I'm going to ask, uh, I got a few um, folks coming up. If you just kind of come on up right this time. I got a few folks going to come up and just share for a couple of moments. Um, But there are many segments of society that people have a tendency to write off, marginalize, or push away. And so... One of those segments, and where's my pal Jim Hoare? Where is Jim? Okay, Jim has decided he's, okay, Jim, all right. Come on up, Jim. You're about the same age as these guys behind me, so this is all, we're all inclusive here. We're not leaving anyone behind, Jim. One of the areas that society has has a tendency to marginalize is the young and the old. So I've asked just a few to come on up. I'm not saying anything, Jim. That's just your assumption. That's just your assumption. I'm not saying anything to you yet. You don't have a mic yet. Just just hold on. So I got, I got Xander Zimmerman. Xander, how old are you? Uh,
1: 11.
0: 11, okay. And Xander, how's God been working in your life?
1: I feel like God is teaching me that we all need him and we all need to share Jesus with those around us. So my dad and I were watching a TV show and it was about this guy who was um, sh- who, who was sharing uh, Jesus and uh, was sharing the gospel and praying for healing for people. One of the people was interested and asked for a Bible and the guy handed him the Bible and he said he needed it more. That made me think of my friend who lives three doors down and he has not received the word. I I went to knock on his door with my Bible and his mom answered and said he'd be back in a week and he's at his grandma's. I came back in a week and he was interested and wanted to know more. So he told his parents and every single day, um, well, every single Sunday they go to church and they're Christians. I feel like God is teaching me I need to share the word of God with others.
0: Amen, Xander. Thank you. So so as many of you know, we had uh, baptisms um, last Sunday. And we said that if anyone feels led, um, that maybe wasn't planning to be baptized, but feels led that morning to be baptized, they can come and be baptized. And Luca felt the prompting of the Spirit to be baptized last Sunday, and he initiated that and was baptized. How old are you, Luca? Twelve. Twelve. And how has God been working in your life?
2: Um, I feel like God has been working in my life uh, to also share the gospel and the word, uh, like Xander said, and I feel like one of those ways that he's pushing me to share is to uh, always come to shift every Wednesday and... uh, to just interact with every other uh boy and girl there and also uh to do like read the bible with them and i feel like it's easier too because they're christians too and also to uh come to church every sunday and just uh listen to what you have to say and whoever's speaking and uh another way is uh when god i felt he was just telling me to get baptized and um, when he did that, I feel like he, one way why he wanted me to get baptized is to just understand him more and to show my faith to him. And uh, one day when I was at school, uh, someone came up to me and it just didn't, I feel like they didn't really believe or whatever. And they told me that they really didn't. And they were just asking me, like, how, how, why do you believe? And I was just, uh, so I share with them, um, why I believe and how, uh, what God has done in my life and to prove that he is who he says he is and that he never breaks his trust. And I felt that like a couple of days later, they just started acting different. Mm. And, uh, since they started acting different, uh, they showed me their grades, and their grades went up. Mm. And, wow. uh, and that, uh, to me, that's just amazing um, how God just worked in their life through those three, four days that I explained why I believe and mm. why I trust in Him so much.
0: That's amazing, Luca. Thank you so much. It's amazing. I'm going to come back to you, John. I'll come back yeah, to you.
1: Sure.
0: So this is, this is Judah. How old are you, Judah?
1: I'm nine, I'm nine years old.
0: Nine years old. And how's God been working in your life?
1: Um, during the school year, I haven't really been listening to him. I've been asleep, and I couldn't wake up. I um, God just kept trying to um, wake me up, but I got distracted. And um, uh, after the school year, he finally woke me up and reminded me everything that um, I needed to remember about him and every other thing. Um, Bible story or anything, um, and um, I, he just kept working all through it, and he did it, and now I step back up to where I am now.
0: Amen. Amen, Judah. Thank you. That's amazing. And, um, and so, I mean, God is working among uh, young and those who are young at heart. And um, my friend Jim here um, is one of those. And, um, and so, Jim, just how's God been working in your life lately?
3: Well, um, I'm unprepared. But uh, I, I think what he's referring to is uh, I had an old neighbor. And uh, actually, it wasn't all me. Savannah, are you here? If she's not, well, uh, Billy lost his wife last winter. He also lost uh, three of his kids they have nothing to do with him. Hmm. His oldest son has, uh, uh, come forward, stepped up, uh, taking care of his money for him and, uh, taking care of him. Um, just recently, uh, he gave up and, uh, he was, wouldn't get out of bed. He just laid there. He urinated in his bed. He just was just lost. And, uh, Anyway, um, <clears throat> his oldest son finally took over and uh, got him back on his feet. And uh, he um, is now, they found out that he could have uh, home nursing care, all this and that. This is why I have not been over there. Every time I go there, the nurses there are his son and uh, daughter in law's there. But really, I, have, I I tried to get him to come to church and he refuses but uh uh savannah uh was uh, praying for him and uh she if any of you uh see her i think she still has the recording of uh bill uh accepting christ mm. at uh, this time so <laughs> so uh but uh, it, uh if if you could just pray for Bill, that would be outstanding. I would really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Jim um, Jim works uh, on the building. He's our maintenance guy. Um, and um, Jim interacts. I interact with Jim uh, every week, and he tells me stories of the way God's working in his life, times of where he's received healing, times where he's reaching out uh, to others around him with the gospel. And, and uh, just so incredibly proud uh, of Jim. And I'm um, just so incredibly proud of the way God is moving in many of, of our seasoned saints in our congregation, and i um, really, really proud of them. The last person I want to go to is, is John. And um, so, so, John, um, uh, how old are you? Two three. Two three. Okay, that means 23, right? Yeah. Okay, John. So, John, how um, how's God been working in
3: your life? Um, can you. see my friend, I'm God, Oh my God, have fun. Watch me. I do my family. i coming for day. Amen to that.
0: Amen to that. And i tell you what. i tell you what. Um, John, uh, worship is so important to John. Um, and that's what he, creativity um, and his friends over there, which we have... Um, yeah, we have a, we have a group um, that reaches out with, with people with special needs. It's about 25 total that are kind of rotating in and out of our services. Mark and Risa Paget and a few others lead that ministry. It's an absolutely unbelievable ministry. Now, when I was talking with John earlier today, he said, I said, John, there's going to be a few other people. Do you want your mom coming? No, I don't want my mom coming. And he said, I want to be the only one on the stage. That's what he said to me. So... Um, So we really appreciate John and his heart. And so thanks guys for coming up. Yep. Blessings to you. (laughs) Many people in our society get marginalized, pushed out, pushed down. Jesus does the opposite, welcomes people in, raises people up. Whether it's the young and the old, the poor, those with physical or mental disabilities, those with racial differences, those with unique gender issues, former criminals, addicts, all are valuable to God. For example, I've met regularly over the years with those in our church who have same-sex attraction. I meet now with those in our church who feel that temptation on a regular basis. I have met and a am meeting now with those who feel trapped in the wrong gender. Meeting with those who've either changed or desire to change genders. See, the church has a tendency to push people out and push people down. Jesus welcomes people in, raises them up. Now, I understand the difficult context we're in because society and even some churches have taken positions that endorse or support ways of living that are contrary to God's design. And we need to avoid that side of the ditch as well. And so what you have is you have churches that focus more on truth and less on grace, and they have a tendency to push people out and push people down. And then you have churches that focus a lot on grace and not much on truth, and they welcome people in, but they don't help them be transformed by the gospel. Two ditches that you want to avoid. And so what we see Jesus doing is, is he's the perfect, the perfect balance Of grace and truth. The religious leaders of the day, here was their error in thinking. It's it's important to understand the error in thinking. The error in thinking is if I welcome them in and spend time with them, I endorse their way of living. That's the wrong way of thinking. You can welcome people in and spend time with them without endorsing their lifestyle. Jesus did it all the time, and we need to as well. You don't have to fall on either side of the ditch. You could actually follow the path of Jesus. At Grace Gathering, our perspective is that everyone has brokenness. Everyone has pain. Everyone has dysfunction. And everyone has sin. It's just a matter of it's everyone's dealing with different issues. One person's brokenness is not worse than another. Another. And we should be welcoming everyone, helping everyone to receive God's grace and love them and help them learn how to follow Jesus as hard as it is for everybody. This is how Jesus did it. We need to learn how, to, how Jesus invited people into his life, loved people where they were at, without them feeling judged, and then lovingly challenged them to lay down their lives to follow him even when it was hard and required major lifestyle changes, which it requires for everybody. And as Jesus was inviting people into his life that others were trying to separate from, he loved them and challenged them to sin no more. Remember the interaction with the woman caught in adultery, John 8, 10 and 11. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Well, then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go, now leave your life of sin. Everyone felt welcomed by Jesus. Jesus loved everyone, invited them in close, and then challenged them to follow. We can't have stigmas in the church. I was so proud of the man in our church who a few weeks ago wrote up his journey in the areas of mental illness and the areas of having multiple, what was formerly called multiple, multiple personality disorder, So proud of him for sharing that. He wanted to remain anonymous. I don't blame him. Stigmas. Talked to a guy this week that I interact with that feels trapped in the wrong gender. He wants to remain anonymous. I don't blame him. It's not right. Shouldn't have to remain anonymous in the church. We're all dealing with stuff. Shouldn't have stigmas in the church. Talk regularly with those with the same attraction, same sex attraction. Want to remain anonymous? Why people look down on you? Remove stigmas. Whether it's a stigma of temptation of same sex, changing genders, mental illness, racism, pornography, alcoholism, gambling, whatever it is. Everyone wants to remain anonymous. Shouldn't be that way. And I pray there's a day at Grace Gathering where people can stand up and say, here's here's the things I'm dealing with. And everyone says, well, gosh, I'm dealing with stuff too. Grace Gathering, we're a church that welcomes people of all backgrounds. Black, white, brown, married, single, divorced, living together, gay, straight, trans, addict, recovering addict, rich, poor, young, religious, atheist, and everything in between. Everyone has brokenness. Everyone needs mercy in Christ. How do we do that? We go after the ones that society marginalizes. Just spend a few moments. Just close your eyes for a few moments. And as you think about this list, what... Faces and names come to your mind that you could be reaching out to and developing a relationship with. Just spend a few moments. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Specific people within your context of relationships. Who's the Spirit bringing to mind? then what would it look like for you to be like that woman who's diligently searching for the lost coin? How can we reach out to the last lost and least? Number one, just a few practical things as we bring this to a close. Pray God will reveal specific names and people. It's about not just an idea, like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. It's actually intentionally going after individuals. This isn't a concept or a theory. These are people made in the image of God. Ask God for names and people. Seek ways of building a relationship. Everybody needs love. Everybody needs welcoming in. Discern if they're open to God. God. Not everybody's ready. That's okay. We're not trying to push anything on anybody. Discern if they're open together. If they're not, it's not their time. And then number four, pray for a balance of grace and truth. Avoid the two ditches and follow the path of Jesus. And then notice at the end of the, of the parable, there's rejoicing. There's rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing in the, among the angels. It's amazing. Every time someone changes and follows Jesus, it's a time for rejoicing. And it's just an amazing time to rejoice. We're going to move to a song that um, it's called So Will I. It's a, it's a little bit of a longer song. We're going to um, just worship to this song. Um, and at the end of the song, it says, God's the one who doesn't leave anyone behind. That's the way the song ends. But the song tells a story. And how God has created all this rich amount of diversity within all of creation, and all creation is called to worship God, no matter what the background, no matter what the area of diversity, and even regardless of the the level of dysfunction and brokenness, God's calling everything he's created to come follow him and worship him. And And if he's calling everything and everyone to worship him, so will I and so will we. And so we're going we're gonna to worship to this song, and I want you just to really be um, worshiping God and following the storyline uh, as the song goes. So feel free to, to be singing it. You can remain seated. If, if you want to stand at some point during the song, feel free to stand. But let's, let's worship, this, um, worship God as we sing this song.